This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. In South Africa, 91 is an authorised financial services provider. Welcome to this 91 Investment Views 2022 podcast. With me is Deirdre Cooper, who is co-head of Thematic Equities and co-portfolio manager of Global Environment. Deirdre, can you believe 2021 is almost at an end? 2022, what do you expect? I know, and it's just been an incredible year, right, with lots of surprises in many areas. We've obviously just come out of the COP26, the large climate conference that happened in Glasgow. I think, you know, that conference won't go down as an unmitigated success, but neither was it a failure. I think it really helped to forward the decarbonisation agenda. I think the biggest takeaway for us from the COP was that all eyes turned to Cairo for COP27. So the previous pattern was that every five years was the big COP. I think that's changing and it's going to be every year. And I think that's a really important takeaway. As we look into 22, we obviously think about our three major drivers that that we talk about. We think about regulatory change. We think about technology change. We think about consumer behavior change. So some of the things we're looking at for next year on each of those areas. On the regulatory side, focusing a lot on Build Back Better in the U.S., That's the large stimulus bill that the Democrats are looking to pass. We expect that to pass at the end of the year, but really only affect next year. And that has been pared down significantly from more than three trillion to about one and a half trillion. And what's left is really all the climate measures. So that really is a climate bill. In China, we've had the PBOC announce subsidized financing for the green industry. Again, that announcement has happened, but it takes time for the transition mechanism to work in China. So that, again, will really start to affect 2022. When we think about technological change, we see a lot of progress, particularly in new areas. So we've started to add software companies, for example, that are helping to address the decarbonization of buildings that are accelerating product development in hard to decarbonize areas such as air transport. We've been doing a lot of work on the future of food and see a huge amount of technological progress there. And then finally, in terms of consumer behavior, I think going back to where I started at COP26, I think one of the interesting things about that was how involved civil society were. So we continue to see this consumer trend towards sustainability as a big driver and look at companies that make the materials for sustainable consumer products, such as, you know, more sustainable bio-based shampoos and conditioners, such as that sort of future food area. You've answered my next question partially anyway, but I want you to take all of what you've just said and turn it into a brief one minute of risks and opportunities for your strategies next year. So I think the key risks are a little bit like this year, centre around the supply chain. I don't think that's done. We don't turn the clock and it's suddenly the 1st of January 2022 and all those, those pesky semiconductor shortages and component shortages disappear. 
we've seen, you know, significant cost increases in many of those components. Some of that's positive for some of the companies that we're invested in because they benefit from price increases. There are others where that's definitely been a headwind and sales have been slower as a result of that inability to access raw materials or indeed its affected margins. That's something we'll continue to monitor very closely. Our view is that as we move through the year, it's not going to stop immediately, but it will start to dissipate. And of course, we invest on a very, very long-term basis, looking for companies, not companies that can beat the quarter, but companies where we see really higher forecasts over the next 10 years than perhaps the market is building in. And because of that, you know, we do see some of these short-term dislocations as an opportunity. The other opportunity, and it is related that I would, would talk about, is the energy crisis that we've seen in parts of the world. So those are really two very different energy crises. The one in Europe is supply-driven. It's really all about Russian gas. In China, it's much more demand-driven. Power demand in China is up 20% this year. In the short term, of course, that does mean, and we've all read about it, maybe a little bit more usage of fossil fuels. But I think the narrative that spells the death of decarbonisation is absolutely the wrong way to read it. I think ultimately higher energy prices mean more headroom for the renewable alternative. Just to give an example, in Spain at the moment, the spot power price is well into the high 200 euros a megawatt hour. But the renewables auction that cleared in the last couple of weeks was down at in the 30 euros a megawatt hour. So that really illustrates, you know, how much cheaper now the cleaner option is. And over the medium term, I think that will accelerate demand in that area. That's an extraordinary gap between the two that you've just mentioned. We've got 30 seconds for you to give us a snapshot of your current portfolio positioning. So we're exposed to a lot of the drivers I talked about earlier. We have a number of companies that are really poised to benefit from Build Back Better. If that bill makes it through Congress, as we expect it to do, those companies would see big increases in their forecasts. That includes some of the clean energy names, but also companies that make efficient heating and cooling systems, for example. On the consumer side, you know, I think the place that that evidences itself the most is in the electric car sector, where in Europe in October, 23% of new cars sold were electric. And we have a great deal of exposure through the value chain. Over the course of the year, we expect to add more of those new areas to the strategy. So as I said, we've been adding software companies, we've been adding companies in the future of food, and we continue to look for new undiscovered decarbonisation sectors to research them and, and to bring those exposures to the strategy while maintaining its highly concentrated, focused investment style. Very good luck with that, Deirdre. Thanks so much for your time. Deirdre Cooper is co-head of Thematic Equities and co-portfolio manager of Global Environment at 91.